For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and welcome to the latest readout video from our Wednesday Wake Up email newsletter, to which you should please subscribe in case something happens and we need to get in touch. But not that we're anticipating deplatforming or any other disaster, although I am about to kick the bucket three times. No, no, don't call 911. For one thing, this is a recording, not a live stream. And for another, I'm referring to a piece by Robinson Mayer over at The Atlantic. He's back in doom mode with a claim that the latest volume of the IPCC's synthesis report, which he absurdly calls, quote, its omnibus summary of what humanity knows about climate, end quote, says that we're all going to die three ways. And for some reason, he then uses the metaphor of buckets full of scenarios. In case you never saw such a thing... In case you never saw everything people know or think they know about climate compressed into one book, he says, quote, In the first bucket, every scenario forecasts that the world will soon be removing tens of gigatons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere every year, end quote. Well, woohoo, right? Uh, except it means, quote, Within the lifetime of children alive today, the world might be spending more than a third of its total energy production removing carbon from the atmosphere, end quote while also doing a few other things, like building a whole new power infrastructure and a whole new grid and tons of electric buses and wind turbines from here to Mars and that sort of stuff. So good luck with that, mate. Meanwhile, over in the, quote, second bucket of scenarios, the world rapidly curtails its energy usage over the next two decades, slashing carbon pollution not only from rich countries such as the United States, but also from middle-income countries such as Brazil, Pakistan, and India, end quote. And joy of joys, quote, these scenarios imagine a world where total global energy demand collapses in the next few decades, end quote. He thinks that would be jolly nice. He says things like giving up your car, quote, sounds fantastic, end quote plus not heating your house, but he admits it's a tad unlikely, especially since, quote, these low-energy demand scenarios require a huge amount of carbon removal too, something like 3 billion tons of it, end quote. So we kick over the third bucket, in which, quote, humanity fails to limit global temperature growth to 1.5 degrees Celsius, or 2.7 degrees Fahrenheit, blowing past the more ambitious of the Paris Agreement's climate goals. Passing 1.5 degrees Celsius means that the world could encounter deadly droughts, mass migrations, and fatal outdoor temperatures by the middle of the century, end quote. So we're all about to kick the bucket. In keeping with which, in late April, Climate Home News bravely announced that it was finally time to talk about climate change, specifically the climate overshoot, which is apparently the worst thing ever that, if they don't start talking about it right now, you might not notice when and if it happens. So the Associated Press chimed in, so did the BBC and others, all saying some big fancy computer simulation predicted that, quote, temperatures between 2022 and 2026 will be between 1.1 and 1.7 degrees Celsius higher than pre-industrial levels, end quote. Which, since we're already meant to be at 1.1, means they have no idea whether anything will happen, let alone what if it does. Still, apparently, quote, for any one year in the period, the likelihood of breaching the 1.5 Celsius level is around 48% or close to 50-50, end quote. So don't go asking if around 48% means between 43 and 53, or 47.9 and 48.1, or you know, between 8 and 88. The point of this pseudo-precision is not to enlighten you, it is to impress you. In any case, the close to 50-50 gives away that it's a coin toss and then the temperature probably goes down again, so it's a lot of sound and heat signifying nothing. Except, of course, that, quote, there is now little room for complacency, end quote. Although, you may have trouble recalling the last time they told you that there was room for it. Anyway, in consequence, the terrible weather will get more terrible, so doom looms. 
Although, if the temperature does go up by 0.4 degrees briefly, no one without a digital thermometer will notice, and even people who have them shouldn't care. And now, a word from our sponsor. And that's you. Or at least it should be. Because if you want us to keep annoying the right people with our newsletters and our videos, you, our regular viewers, need to step up with a one-time or monthly contribution. I'm not talking a lot of money, unless you're, like, extra rich. The price of a cup of coffee a month, that's what we need from the 10,000 or so people who tune in weekly. If you do that, the video and the newsletter will keep bringing sanity to the climate debate and to you. And now, back to me. Rising gas prices are another story. There's a worldwide energy crisis produced by geopolitical shocks colliding with the long-standing plans of Western governments to get rid of reliable, affordable fossil fuels and hope something turns up. Other than the temperature, since China's blasting ahead with coal plants while letting us cripple ourselves, and according to their theory, that means temperatures are going to rise anyway. But as the Toronto Sun editorial put it, quote, surging gasoline prices, supply chain shortages of many goods and services, and inflation at its highest level in three decades are a window into what a decarbonized Canada will look like in 2050, end quote. Even Canada's state broadcaster, the CBC, headlined a recent story, quote, I can't afford these prices. Gas in Ottawa hits record high, end quote. Well, if you can't, too bad, because there's more where that came from. Even if our governments can't take all the credit for current high prices, the ultimate driver is scarcity of fossil fuels, which is exactly what they've been telling us they want and will cause for decades. So congratulations, it's here. And it's curious the extent to which these policies were deliberate without real deliberation. Even now, the Biden administration is cancelling oil and gas leases while calling for more domestic production. You really wonder how these people think the world works, if indeed they think. As Michael Schellenberger tweeted irritably recently about a quotation from the chief executive of the Mid-Continent Independent System Operator, that's the outfit that oversees the power grid for much of the central U.S., quote, the California model is spreading across the U.S. Scary they're only realizing this now. And then he quotes the guy, as we move forward, we need to know that when you put a solar panel or a wind turbine up, it's not the same as a thermal resource, end quote, by which he means gas or coal. Well, no, duh. And if you think we're heading for a disaster of biblical proportions on energy, we recently mocked a new study claiming that warmer weather would unleash plagues as well as famines and with the smiting of borders with frogs. And so a reader responded, hey, what about the locusts? So we googled, and sure enough, within half a second, the internet replied, quote, changes in the climate system caused by anthropogenic climate change make locust plagues more likely, end quote. But just as a theory that explains everything explains nothing, a theory you can't tell from parody is a poor guide to action. Even if climate change is the first, second, third, and fifth trumps of doom, the fifth being the one with the locusts, it seems inconceivable that it wouldn't have at least one beneficial side effect on our way into the fiery pit. You know, something nasty would dislike heat, something cute would like it. That climate alarmists are so randomly resolute about its uniformly awful consequences is evidence that something is unhinged in a movement that blames kangaroo attacks on climate, a pose that would have brought a smirk to the face even of John of Patmos, but which they intone with absolute stone-faced seriousness, along with things like, quote, it's not climate denial, it's white supremacy, end quote, or, quote, how lightning killed nine Queensland cattle in one strike and what it has to do with climate change, end quote. Well, nothing, obviously, but... They can't hear you over the trumpets. Besides, they're in crisis right now and can't attend to petty details. 
in what the Manhattan contrarian rightly labels comedy gold, a new climate fad is to signal one's virtue by seeking psychological help to prevent a nervous breakdown over, quote, the state known to the experts as climate anxiety, end quote. And where would we be without experts? Now, some people, especially young people, really are getting panicked by the endless fear-mongering. But it seems that the latest badge of morality is to declare oneself debilitated with fear over the climate crisis, which the mainstream media is happy to help with. McLean's clickbaiting readers with, quote, is it ethical to have kids in the climate crisis, end quote. Or the BBC reporting that, quote, a new project has been launched to address rising climate anxiety in students at the University of East Anglia, end quote, and profiling a literature student who, quote, sought therapy after developing disordered eating when trying to cut out food packaged with plastic, end quote. And so in response, people are leaping into their navels. Quote, the project aims to address taboos around climate anxiety and give students the skills to manage their feelings, end quote, including a climate cafe that one participant called a, quote, safe and open space to just talk, end quote. So, plot spoiler, yes, it's okay to have a kid or two, provided you feel good about yourself and never mind that silly old planet. Or Jonathan Swift's jibe that, quote, a fancy would sometimes take a yahoo to retire into a corner to lie down and howl and groan and spurn away all that came near him, although he were young and fat, wanted neither food nor water, nor did the servant imagine what could possibly ail him. And the only remedy they found was to set him to hard work, after which he would infallibly come to himself, end quote. Still, we're not surprised that they're stressed because in the wacky world of climate alarmism, you just can't win. Every effect of it's bad, Every plan to save civilization without destroying it is doomed, and even having a nervous breakdown is apparently less helpful than it sounds. And to increase the stress, we're now told firmly that it's no good planting trees to absorb carbon because they might catch fire and whoosh, it would all go back into the atmosphere. So it's time to, time to abandon all practical plans for mitigation and crush fossil fuels' tiny heads. Now, if you've ever dreamt of just chucking it all in and going to live on a Greek island far from the madding crowd, you know, spend your days relaxing in the sun, sipping retzina, nibbling on souvlaki, and ignoring climate headlines, but you've been held back by fear that rising sea levels will drown your idyllic hideaway, you can start packing. Because judging by these records from Syros, Greece, there's no evidence that Poseidon in particular has it in for humans just yet. On the contrary, the sea level trend there is downward, so the estimate of how long before the waters rise by one meter is eternity. Yeah, okay, there are lots of gaps in the record here, as there are in many places, and as in many places, there are questions about the rigor of some of the measurements. But what we have from Syros has enough plausible detail to establish the pattern there, which is, there is no pattern, or at least no upward trend. And the same thing is true of hailstorms. As you know, journalists and politicians keep saying climate change is making the weather worse no matter what long-term data say. But the data often says, as in this case with records in the UK and Wales, Hailstorms have gone down both in number and severity since the early 1800s. It seems that when it comes to ice crashing down from the sky onto your crops, your livestock, and your head, they just don't make them like they used to. And so from CO2Science.org, we also bring you a test using Chinese data of the climate model predictions that CO2-induced global warming will increase the frequency and severity of thunderstorms, and therefore also of hailstorms. Strangely enough, the opposite occurred. So, there's another theory about ready to kick whatever bucket you have handy. Whereas for the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and I'm alive and well.